Dit is De Rousseau Radio. De enige echte podcast van KVM Media over de Groningse basketbaltrots Donar. Met Klaas-Jan Terveen, Bas Kammerga en Yannick Masson. Glad you're listening to a new episode of Dursa Radio and you can hear it. It's uh, in English because that is the first language of our guest, Dakota Quinn, player of our very own donor. And we'll spend the next hour talking with him and we look forward to hearing what he has to tell us. And it's also a bit strange for me every time we do this in English because I... Well, I don't speak English every day, and sometimes <laughs> none of us do. <laughs> no, and sometimes I go uh, to London with Yannick a few days. We went to London th- three times during the last year. Yeah, three times to London. That's so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and when I'm one day in London, two days in London, I uh, then then uh, you realize, oh, it's getting better. You, you do know? do the same thing as me, though, like picking up the accent of the person you're speaking to. So yeah. when we are in London, we all of a sudden sound really British. Yeah. <laughs> oh, y'all, y'all yeah. are about to have a nice Southern American accent coming out you here can, in a minute. You can, you can teach us, man. Oh, That's all it's right. coming. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and I stay. Sometimes I stay in in the United States a few weeks. And people ask me, oh, are, are you from that part of, of the United States? No, 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 I'm from the Netherlands. Oh, you speak so awesome uh, English. <laughs> and that's because you are two weeks then in the United States, you know. Oh, then, yeah. So it's, it's a bit complicated. And sometimes I have to search for words, I think. But uh, please uh, uh, guide us. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm here for it. I mean, there's so many different dialects in the States, too. I mean, yeah. we, we talk about it all the time with... With Theo being from like way up north of Minnesota, yeah, and, and John and I being from Tennessee and North Carolina, just different stuff that we say, and we just make fun of each other for yeah, it. Like yeah, it yeah. It's 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 pretty interesting. Well, please make fun of us. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> Dakota. Uh, so nice to have you on the Russo Radio, the one and only podcast about Donar, about our basketball team here in Groningen. Um, how are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. Like, this is a lot of fun. This is this is really cool that y'all have a podcast about us, and I'm really excited to get to talk a little bit about basketball, a little about Donar, and uh, I'm I'm doing great. I I absolutely love it here. It's it's been an awesome experience so far. Yeah, because you're how long are you now in Groningen? What was the exact date that you came to uh, to the city? Um, oh, the exact the, date? the, the, the month. Uh, it was late August. Late August. Late yeah. August. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we all know uh, and we <laughs> did it was a complicated time for yeah, Donar at that time. We just, we just talked about the whole saga yeah. a little yeah. bit before the podcast. It was, yeah. I think, uh, precisely the 28th of uh, August. Yeah. That now sounds we'll, about right. That will, Donar was you, saved. Yeah, but I will yeah. tell you why everybody remembers that yeah. date. Not only because Donar is saved, but um, like during the, the, the 16, 15, 1600s, uh, the Netherlands was in war with Spain mm. um, and the Spanish people like conquered all kind of cities in Groningen and then the army of William of Orange like the ancestor of our king basi- uh-huh. basically um, he liberated all kinds of towns and all that um, but here up north there is um, Groningen was a, a kind of separate city we were conquered by a German bishop who thought alright the Spanish are like going down south I'll conquer Groningen Um but we were liberated back then on the 28th of August. So, <laughs> so, so that's, that's still a liberation. local liberation day. Yeah. So it was a big day. Yeah. All right. What, so, a, what a good day to come to the city. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So um, you were, 
how is it to live in Groningen? We're going to talk a little bit more uh, about your life before Groningen. Mm -hmm. But how is this country? How is this city for you? It's been it's been absolutely amazing. I mean, from some of the places that I've lived in, I would I would probably go as far to say this is probably the our favorite place. Our meaning my wife and I, uh, our favorite place that we've lived in so far. I mean, it's. Everyone here has been super nice, super polite, very helpful, uh, not just from Donar, but also just fans, people like y'all, um, and even just walking around town. I mm. mean, we, we really haven't had a bad experience. It, it's been amazing. I mean, getting to bike to the city, uh, getting to walk around. We live in Byam, but getting to kind of walk around the countryside that's right there, I mean, it's a little taste of home for us. So mm. we, we really love it. I mean, everything's been beautiful. Did you have any knowledge about the Netherlands before you came here? Because we call it the Netherlands and not Holland. Yeah. Yeah, Do you so know the difference? I, to be honest, I don't know the difference, but I knew I knew the Netherlands. You know, so like I, I knew they were the same, but I, I I was familiar with it being called the Netherlands more than Holland. Yeah, Yannick can explain to you what's the difference Let's between the Netherlands I'm and Holland. I'm gonna do another another. I study history, so hey, I'm I, gonna I'm, do another I, history lesson. Here. I love history, so I'm all, all right. about learning. So. Um, Holland basically is the part where Amsterdam and Rotterdam are, um, with Amsterdam being in North Holland and Rotterdam being in South Holland. Basically, okay. there are two provinces, so mm -hmm. two states, I suppose. Like North yeah. and South Dakota. Like North and South Dakota. Great example. That Great works example. perfect. Yeah. I love it. Okay. <laughs> But um, that's where our um, our king like resides and the parliament is and all that. Um, but those are only two provinces. But... The rest of the world knows those because of the fact that Amsterdam is in North Holland and people from Amsterdam said, oh, we are from Holland because it's one of the provinces, ah. basically. So that's how North and South Holland got famous. But the whole country is called the Netherlands. It's the kingdom of the Netherlands. Oh, so okay. Holland is just a part of the it's Netherlands. It's just a part of the Netherlands. Oh, that's so and we really hate it when people talk about Holland because we always I'm North I'm, we are North right. no, Holland. This is not Holland. Holland. Right. No. <laughs> It's almost like you're being excluded a little bit. You yeah. Know? So you're okay, yeah, yeah. We don't know. Netherlands. I got it. I'll never yeah, call yeah. this place Holland ever again. Exactly. <laughs> It's the Netherlands. Perfect. But, but yeah. the Netherlands, did you have a like a stereotype uh, uh, view <laughs> on the country? A stereo um I mean, kind of the first thing that comes to mind is tulips. <laughs> Obvious, yeah. Obviously. Wood, wooden shoes. Wooden shoes, yeah. Um uh Harin? Uh the or no, what was the fish? Harding, yeah. Harding. Harding. Yeah. Harding. Yeah. I, knew, yeah. I knew about that. I knew about Did that. Did you had it? No. 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 Oh, it's amazing. And, yeah. and we are both big fans. Oh, really? We have yeah. so much more to discover in the next couple of months. I, that's perfect. I mean, I'm I'm willing to try it. <laughs> yeah. I th I think, you know, it, I like fish. I'm, I think I I think I could give it a try. Um obviously Amsterdam the the kind of the stereotypes that go with mm -hmm. Amsterdam a little bit, you know. Um the the coffee shops and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, you yeah. know. That's I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying I participate. Let's just make that clear. I'm just saying, you know, I I I'm, I was aware of it. I had mm. I had friends that came to Amsterdam and everything, and so, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Kind of the okay. basic stuff. I didn't really have a whole lot. I'm kind of talking about a little bit of family stuff. My dad, my dad played in NFL Europe for a season, yeah, and so he actually won uh, won the World Bowl in Amsterdam, and so he'd been here before a little bit, so. Um, he played for which team? Uh, for NFL Europe, he was in the Berlin Thunder. Yeah, and, and he and he played in the finals against. He played in the finals against the Barcelona Dragons in Amsterdam. And yeah, so that was a. Uh, and, and are we talking like in 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 uh, Kurt Warner era? 
Uh, yeah. So Kurt Warner would have been. Let me. My dad got drafted in '98, so this would have been after his rookie season. So probably the '90. Because Kurt Warner plays for the Amsterdam Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Kurt Warner was before that. Uh, so my dad would have been about, I think it was the 2000 season for NFL Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because at that time, before that, Kurt Warner was already the greatest show on So we, we got to explain this for our listeners. Yeah, uh, We're yeah, talking yeah. about your dad now. Yes. And your dad was a NFL quarterback. Yes, for seven years. For seven years. Yes. Okay. We will get back to that yeah. because that's an amazing story and i want yeah. to hear, hear all about that of and course the people who know me uh, uh they are not surprised no, they think. know why they know why <laughs> but uh, let's go back further in uh, time uh, dakota um can you tell us uh, um, uh, something about your childhood where did you uh, grew up how was it oh man i I think I had a great childhood. I mean, if my parents listen to this, I know my mom might cry. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I I had an awesome childhood. Like, I mean, I really did. I was born in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and then, like like we talked about with my dad playing in mm-hmm. the NFL, I, I moved around a few times. I uh, spent four years in Jacksonville. So from the time I was probably about one to maybe five. So I've got some small memories there, but nothing crazy. And then... Uh, we moved to Overland Park, Kansas, which is where I spent, golly, like maybe 14 years of my life after that. So that's an important uh, yeah. 14 o- years. Yeah, Overland Overland Park, Kansas has a huge part in my heart. You know, like that's – Nashville, Tennessee is home for me. That's where I was born. That's where I currently live. I moved back there in my junior year is of it, high school. Is it where Marcus Addison, the former donut player, yeah. is also from? Yeah, he, he's from – he's he's close to that area. Um, I don't – know exactly where Marcus I, I tried from. to remember the town. Yeah. We talked about that. Was it Olathe? Yeah. 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 That was it. So, so, yeah. so Olathe is literally the next door neighbor to Overland Park. Yeah. And so um, Overland Park has a huge place in my heart. Uh, I've got a lot of good friends that, that still live there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's where, like I said, 14 years of my life. Are, do you, are your parents still living there? No. So so my parents are split. Um, okay. My, my dad now lives in uh, Greenbrier, Tennessee, which is about 30 minutes north of Nashville. Back to the roots. Back to the roots, yeah. So so my mom and dad are both from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, we moved back there my junior year of high school. And then my mom moved to southeast Missouri in a small town called Jackson, Missouri. Last year, maybe two years ago now. A bit dirty south. A little bit dirty yeah. south. Oh, it's, oh, yeah. It's dirty south. We, yeah. My family's dirty <laughs> south, all right. Don't you? <laughs> and so, um, so they, yeah, they've, my southeast Missouri with, with my stepdad. And so, um, that's, I've only been out there a few times. So I can't really, I mean, mm-hmm. home is where my family is. Yeah, I at, understand. At, every single time. I understand. Um, but t- talk a little bit about, about your father and your mother. What, what, what were the important things that they gave you, uh, like in wisdom? In wisdom? Uh, I mean, I feel like I got a few different ways to look at that. I mean, my dad as a professional athlete really showed me the athletic side of things. How do you, how do you balance family and athlete uh, mm. being an athlete? Um my mom was he a true ex- example for you was he a true example yeah. oh yeah yeah i mean he you know being being a professional athlete and being in a in an nfl locker room there's there's some married guys but there's not a lot 
And mm-hmm. he, even some of the married people maybe don't have kids yet. And so, I mean, my parents got married when they were 21, 22 years old. Oh, yeah. And so they were pretty married young. pretty yeah. young. And, and obviously I was in the picture very young too. I mean, pretty immediately. Yeah. Um, and so it was a gift. Of course, of course I was a gift. Of course I was a gift. Of course I was a gift. I mean, come on. I got <laughs> my mom calls it single child syndrome. I'm the oldest of of four and uh I still act like I'm the only child, Yeah, you know. Um but he he was a very good example of that. Mm. I mean, he he made sure that we knew he was walking a straight line. We he made sure that if he could be at our, our football games or whatever, he would be there. Um, he did a really good job of balancing that. And then my mom, I mean, God, like, my mom is one of my best friends. Mm. Like my mom is, if you ask me, my mom is the definition of love. Like our door is always open. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. You want a hot meal? Come on, sit at the table. Mm. Let's talk. Let's let tell me about yourself. You know, and and how did she beca- became that way? Is that the American th- style, or is it something else that that's important there? Uh, I think part of that is that's just deep South hospitality, mm. you know. But I also think that's just who my mom is. I think that's she she sees people that maybe need help or just need a little bit of extra love, and she's there, no problem. I mean, like. My house was the place to be growing up, and it was because of both my parents. So you, know, you got the best of both sides. So I, uh, I got I got the best of both sides. Yeah, like everybody wanted to come over to our house. If yeah. if you came over to my house, and my dad was home, my dad would come downstairs to play video games with us, and he would wrestle with me and all my friends. And then my mom would say, "I had three guys coming over." My mom would be like, "Hey, what are their favorite snacks? What are their favorite drinks?" <laughs> and our fridge would be stocked. Our pantry would be stocked. And she would she'd wake up and cook us a huge breakfast, and so she was very involved. And that sounds like the home you want to be at. As exa- well. Exactly, yeah. you know. I mean, our our place was always open. Don't get married; just stay at your mom's house. <laughs> just stay at my mom. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If my like my wife loves my mom, hmm. and for me that's that's awesome. I mean, she loves my dad too. Don't get me wrong, but like you know the the woman woman relationship for me that's big. If if my mom accepts you and you accept my mom. Yeah, we're I'm, yeah. I'm good. Then yeah. it's good. You passed hey, the test. Hey, we all know how important sports is uh, in uh, the ed- education system in the states. It's quite different mm. from Europe because I think uh, knowledge is more important here. Mm. That's the foundation of the education system. Mm-hmm. But in the states, sports and community is much more the foundation. I, I think of yeah. the uh, education system. I think I think I that's could've... how I look at it. Yeah, I think I could agree with that mostly. I mean, don't get me wrong, the education is still very important. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely more of a community going to, you know. Well, it's another build-up, if you know what I mean. Uh, because what I see in the United States of America and what we saw, we went to college games mm-hmm. uh, together. Yeah, and Maryland, Ohio State with C.J. Stroud. That's uh, yeah. Oh and man, and Tagafaloya at the yeah. other side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But don't get that's too much in the details. <laughs> that's a that's a different story. That's, yeah, it's so difficult in this podcast <laughs> to not talk about American <laughs> football. <laughs> but uh, what we noticed is that it's so important for every student, and it's not different on a high school. I think to be involved. 
to have a role, to uh, as a you fan, don't. as as the guy who carries the water, as the guy yeah. who uh, uh, does the ticketing, uh, the the place plays the drums. Yeah. Uh, Basically, in the Netherlands or in Europe in general, you don't have school sporting teams you, d- you just don't have it it's it's yeah yeah i mean that's a that's a com- completely different lifestyle yeah back home but i mean i i can imagine because you are you are a basketball player now a professional yeah. basketball player uh, that that sports was very important for you on school on, uh, on, in, in when you were at high school but also later on yeah definitely i mean it when you're going through the recruiting process and everything you know everyone kind of tells you find a place that feels like home and you want to go somewhere that's successful as well uh, as far as basketball is concerned and uh, was it basketball for you or? it was basketball okay. yeah so so i was it's kind of interesting because going kind of back to where i'm from growing up in kansas uh i personally feel like i was kind of known as the football player like i was dakota quinn the football player uh, and then when I moved uh, out to Tennessee, I I took my junior year of high school off from football, and so I was I became Dakota the basketball player. Um, so football was always my dream, like mm. trying to follow in my dad's footsteps. That's what I wanted to do personally. If you ask me, I mean, we were kind of talking about it a little bit before. Yeah. Um, to some degree, I think you could maybe say I know football a little bit better. Um, and if you ask me, I think I'm a I'm a better football player personally. Mm. Um, but my height kind of got in the way a little bit with that. And so basketball was something that, especially once we moved back to Tennessee, I really kind of went all in and I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Like, this is what I'm going to go to college for. This is what's going to pay for my education. And I made sure that I I became good at it. And then I kind of saw the road at the end of my junior year of college is when I started getting agents reaching out to me. And that's kind of when I saw the window, and I was yeah. like, oh. how, "How was that for you? That uh, you noticed that you stood up in the crowd?" Uh, for me, it was really cool. I mean, it was kind of like it, it didn't it didn't answer that. Hey, I am doing it, but it showed that I could. If that made if that makes sense, yeah, mm-hmm. that hard work pays off, basically. Yeah. yeah, and so like it just showed I was very close. Like I'm one season away. If I can stay healthy and put up one more really good season because my college experience was i transferred i transferred two times so i went to three different universities yeah because you had a redshirt year as well i had a redshirt year as well because you started out at um help me samford samford yeah Yeah. and then had a redshirt year after that why was that yeah so um i went to samford university i had 18 division one uh scholarship offers come out of high school 18 18 that's that's quite a lot and um i up going to samford i loved it i mean it it was an awesome university for for school for education as well and i felt i felt like they were trying to build something and i wanted to be a part of that like that had my attention and yeah. birmingham alabama is a three-hour drive straight down 65 south to from where i'm from so it's one of those things where I it could, is it is football country there not basketball country oh, it's, but it's football country down there i knew what i was getting myself into yeah, you know? yeah. that was that was one of my uh little subtle criteria was does the school that i'm going to have a football team can so I, I can play basketball and watch football can i watch football on yeah. saturdays and so there's a lot of football in birmingham oh there's a lot and so we uh there's also baseball in birmingham there's there's a great baseball st- there's a great baseball story in birmingham but, yeah okay. michael jordan exactly yeah yeah um and so 
talking about the redshirt year, that was the year like right before I went to I went to Sanford. My parents, that's when they told us they were getting a divorce. All right, and so um, that kind of it, it was a little unexpected, um, and so I, I had that going on back home with my my family. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm the oldest of four, and so I was I was very concerned about my siblings probably probably to a fault in some way uh, i felt like i was kind of going out and living my my dream and kind of leaving them to deal with what was going on back home um and so mentally i, I kind of had this mental block being at Stanford. i mean a lot of people some people understand some people don't division one athletics any college athletics but especially division one athletics that's a job on top of on top of 15 hours of classes every week. You're and basically a pro athlete before you become a exactly. pro athlete. The only, classes the only difference and, yeah. is I'm not getting paid. Yeah, you know, that's it. I mean, scholarship, that gets paid for. Yeah. My, my education is paid for. But so you have to so, work for that as well. So yeah. Exactly. And so I just had this mental block, and I was like, I want to go home. Uh, you know, I, I need to go home. I have to see it for myself that my, my siblings are okay. And so I wound up transferring to, um, after my freshman year, to a small community college literally five minutes from my house and i just took classes there so that that was considered my redshirt year yeah and then i went to a division two school in kentucky the wesleyan panthers yes kentucky wesleyan and so um i went there and that was about an hour an hour and 15 from Mm. my from my my house and so it was was still very close it's 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 funny because uh and i talked about this uh before we said they're There, there, there might be a there story, might there, be a story there because there is a gap. Yeah. There is something, uh, and it's probably not in like like uh, with the sports. Yeah, yeah. It has to be personal. Yeah, it, and and it was. And yeah. So, so I like that school. I remember. How, but 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 let's talk a little bit more about that because how do you, in the end, how do you dealt with that? I mean, honestly, I, I, with the split. Yeah, I struggled. Yeah, um, just because, like I said, it was something that that was pretty unexpected, you know. And so my, I mean, I, I just talked about my childhood was great. Yeah, my, so child, it, my childhood it has was, to be a shock. Yeah, it was awesome, and yeah, it, it was definitely a shock. And yeah. so, like, I, I remember the day. I remember it was a Thursday. You know, like I, I can tell you all the details about it. And uh, um, I remember call at that time. I was already signed to go play college basketball at Sanford. And I remember calling my assistant coach after it happened to be like, dude, you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna believe this. And he was like, Hey man, like, I hate to tell you this, but I, I, you know, I'm, I knew your parents kind of gave me a heads up, you know, just like respectfully, you know, just Mm -hmm. like, Hey, this is about to happen. And, and so he was already, I called him and I was like, dude, I I need, I need somebody. And he was already on the road from Birmingham to Nashville. Like he, by the time I called him, he was like an hour away. And we went to we went to a gym. I <laughs> did a little workout, got some shots up. And after that, like I said just the shock and, and and worrying about my siblings, it really really bothered me. And so uh I went I definitely went through a little bit of um a state of depression. Um And I really don't have a problem talking about this. There was a bit of a time where um, my family knows this. Not a lot of people know this. Uh, where I was, I was suicidal just because it was such a shock. 
I mean, it was such a shock. It felt like my life was flipped upside down. And, uh, my, my biggest concern was my siblings. You know, I'm, I'm at Sanford. I'm playing division one basketball. I'm literally living my dream. Mm. This is everything I've wanted so far. And my siblings are back home dealing with this. And not that, not that being back home and dealing with it was so bad. You know, it, it really wasn't like, it's a big change. But for me, everything in my head, I mean, I, I've, I've been, ever since I was a little child, I've been diagnosed with anxiety. And so everything in my head was just like 10 times worse than it really was. Yeah. And so it, it really, it, it messed with me. Um, but then it was a, how do you call it in English? A, a trigger? Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to some degree, but it, it maybe it, it, it um it it grabbed that anxiety anxiety yeah again yeah and you um what what strikes strikes me in your story is that you uh you talk about your siblings now uh, for two three four times yeah that you were very worried yeah but but did you forgot about yourself i didn't in that at, moment at that point i didn't really care yeah not about myself But like, you have to care about yourself well, uh, to, yeah, uh, uh, to, uh, yeah. to take to care, care of others. Yeah, obviously you have to. But at that point, I was very, you know, my parents raised me as like, hey, man, you're, you're the oldest. You're the protector. Mm-hmm. This is what, like, and I took that, I take, I took that and I take that role very seriously. And so that was something where I knew, like, look, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go to weights every day. I'm going to go to practice every day. I'm going I'm, I'm probably going to have this mental block and, and maybe for three hours a day. I'm not going to be thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of kind of going full circle here, once I went to Kentucky Wesleyan, I was an hour and 15 minutes away from home. I had, there, I think it was my second semester, I only had classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. So Monday night, I would stay home, wake up, drive to class, practice, drive back home. You had and a little so, bit of control over the situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I was com- I was commuting, but for me, just being able to to see that everything was okay. I'm very visual, mm-hmm. and so getting to to see that, hey, you know. But you, your your focus uh, shifted. Yeah, it was not all about that sport again uh, uh, anymore. Mm-mm. It was not about becoming the guy the man you wanted to be mm-hmm. the, the the whole context t- changed yeah yeah i mean it, it it changed because that's how how did you see the future at that moment at that moment when i went to when i went to kentucky wesleyan i felt like i was able to was there a future yeah there was a future there, there was a time so This is a big shout out to my wife. So before I transferred to Kentucky Wesleyan, I, I went to Samford uh, for to start my second year, my sophomore year. And uh, the night that I met her, and I, I've, I've told her this, I was like, I was on edge. Like I was, I was, I was pretty much. I mean, it's hard. It's that's kind of a crazy thing to say, but I was, I was accepting the fact that my depression was getting the best of me. Mm. You know. And, um, I wasn't, I wasn't totally excited to go back to, to Sanford, but the competitor in me wanted to go back and give it another try, Yeah, you know, and you weren't going to lose. I, I wasn't going to lose, but the night I met her and I've told her this, I'm, I, I give her pretty much full credit for saving my life. You know I mean? She came in and we met and 
I think like four days later we went on a date and three days after our date or yeah, we were dating. Yeah. And now we've been married for two and a half years, you know? Mm. And so she definitely helped kind of change that focus too. But even still to, I, I, I was still very focused on my family, even when we were dating, she, but she definitely helped me be like, whether she at the time recognized it or not, cause I don't think she did just say, you know, she gave me somebody. She subconsciously pressed the right buttons. Yeah. 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 And, how, how do you see that? Uh, that did she uh, came on your path by accident? Absolutely not. Okay. No, absolutely not. She, there is only one reason that I went to Sanford University and it was to meet her. Yeah. There, there's no, no question. Like going there, I've, I've made good friends. I still train when I'm back home in the summers with my assistant coach. Like I've got, I've got good relationships there, but the only reason I went to Sanford is for her. Hmm. That, that's the only way I look at it. Like God put her on my path. We met bada bing, bada boom, you know? <laughs> so and, <laughs> and, and, and you could move on from there. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and so I was able to move on from there and she helped. And, um, so right uh, uh, through all that depression, something good happened. Yeah, and and I mean, there's a lot of good that happened with that too. I mean, yeah, my my siblings and I were already very close, but it it allowed us to grow so much closer. You know, it, it allowed me to have a deeper relationship with my mom. It allowed me to have a deeper relationship with my dad. You know, like, I mean, there, there's a lot of good a lot of good stuff that came out of it, which is. It's almost funny to realize. Yeah, exactly. That. It's it's almost funny to realize. Yeah. Like like my mom's my my stepdad. Dude, I love that man. He's so awesome. My my stepmom, she's she's amazing. You so know, so both your parents are they're involved both, now in a yeah, new relationship. Yeah, they're both they're both remarried and mm. my dad and my stepmom are going to be here for the Feyenoord game uh in February. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to spend a week out here you know it's like there, there's so many good things that came from it too yeah but at the time you know you, you're not looking at that you don't no. you're not thinking oh don't worry in a year in two years is going to make sense this is going to be because good because it just doesn't add up that your parents are split yeah it doesn't it, it doesn't especially because my, my parents never fought in front of us we, yeah. we never saw it it wasn't something where like yeah one day you know i can i can see it happening no i just yeah just, and it's not a very christian uh, thing to do splitting up no i mean yeah i grew growing up in a christian <laughs> household yeah but i mean it's still it, it was so common oh it happens it happens it happens yeah it happens <laughs> we can tell you that yeah, yeah. <laughs> now but also not fighting in front of you that's i think that is um from a parent perspective like something you also don't want to show to your children right, you know yeah, yeah. And, and so that's that's the thing is like I mean, the the older I've gotten, the the more I've understood, you know. And mm. you don't want to fight in front of your kids. You don't want them to see that. Yeah. I mean, whenever Kelsey and I have kids, I I could I'd probably do the same thing. I, I wouldn't want them to see that. But that's where the shock factor came in. It was because we never saw. Yeah. It. And so it was very. It was kind of counterintuitive in a way. You know, it was very like at the time. We're making the right decision. Yeah. You know, we're not letting them see it. How are you doing now? Uh, in compare to that situation oh, and that man. depression. I'm I'm way like I'm great. You know, I mean anybody that battles depression understands like there's you have days. You got days where you don't want to get out of bed. You got days where mm. it feels like everything sucks. But you also 
people that battle depression have their ways of fighting it. Mm. I think there are listeners listeners now, um, and I, I think there is a purpose that you are here and uh, that you speak about this topic and yeah. that you're open about it. What 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 can you tell those people that are fighting it and maybe they are in that situation in that dark room now you don't give up like do not give up there's a light at the end of the tunnel i mean it might not it might not seem like it right now but there is you know everything everything will be okay and and as cheesy as that sounds like that is something that i would tell myself mm-hmm. everything is going to be okay you know and if and if you can kind of accept that and be like look i'm in the mud right now I'm in the mud. I might not be out of it tomorrow. I might not be out of it next week. I don't know when. But if I if I can just dig just a little bit more, if I can get a, a centimeter out of that mud, you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. You know, and and lean on lean on your people. Like that was something that was kind of a lesson that I learned was I didn't do that until a few years later. You thought you can do it. I thought all I by could yourself. I thought I could do it myself. Yeah. Lean on your people. Like if, like, if you're a man, don't be ashamed to talk to people. Share your feelings. You know, if you're if you're one of those people that I can figure it out, look, I'm gonna tell you, you can't. Mm. You know, you lean on your people, lean on your support system, and just and and grind it out isn't the way I want to put it, but just baby steps. Like you're gonna come out of it, and don't don't rely on medication either. You know, that's kind of something that I did in the early phases and. It it kind of hurt me more than it helped me. I became very irritable. So I, I was just like, "Look, I'm hey, I'm on the medication. I'm good." No, you you have to, you have your own practices that you have to do, and it's it's not just a medication thing. You really have to, you have to put in the work to do it yourself. But anyone going through it, like you can do it, and and I, I fully believe that. Yeah, take a Dr Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's talk a little. Let's talk a little basketball here. <laughs> that was the bad. That, that was the bad bridge ever. <laughs> yeah. Hey. No. 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 We're good. Let, let's 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 brighten this that's, mood a little that's bit. That's how we do it. That's how, that's the way the Russo Radio does it. Because yeah, eventually you became a pro player. Yeah, after. man. Yeah. I mean, like I was just saying, everything worked out. You know. Yeah. I mean, like. Kind of continuing that conversation from earlier, I, you yeah. know, I, I went to I went to Kentucky Wesleyan, and at the time that I was going there, it's a it's a that was a powerhouse Division two school, yeah. And so the re- the reason why I left there, I mean, man, my college experience was crazy. Um, four games into the regular season, we were playing an exhibition game, a friendly game at Western Kentucky, which was a Division one school, and um, that night. I mean, it, it it's in Bowling Green, Kentucky. It's forty five minutes away from my school. We go, we lose, and we come back. And we go back to Owensboro, where where my my university was. And my coach packed all of his stuff in the middle of the night and resigned. Why? Allah. Baltimore Colts. <laughs> I had the same I, story in my I was head. wondering if yeah. somebody yeah. was going to, from that corner, yeah, if somebody worry. was going to say, him, yeah. I got him. Like, yeah. like, very Baltimore Colts, which people that are listening that don't understand, it was more for, for him. Well, yeah. in one sentence, uh, Baltimore lost its football team yeah. overnight. You lost your coach. I lost my coach. Overnight. Overnight. Yeah. And so, uh, you asked why. We, we To this day, I don't really know. 
He just backed yeah, all his yeah, stuff. We didn't, we, I mean, we, we were preseason ranks like 20 in the country. I mean, we were good. We, we had a, a good recruiting class, and um, he left. And so that was a, a really difficult transition for all of the players. You know, like I went from being the starting center to we want to play fast and, and, and just run and be athletic to, hey, we're going to slow things down a little bit. We're going to we're, we're going to play the other center who was him and I were completely different styles of play. Like he was 6'8", 6'9", 260. And at the time I was like 6'9", 205, soaking wet. And there's a 60 yeah. pound, 60 yeah, pound yeah, weight yeah. difference so, there. Yeah. Um, For the people in the Netherlands, that's about 25 kilos or something. Yeah. That, yeah. Difference. And so, so um, that season ended and then my entire, my entire team, transferred from that university everybody not one person stayed and so at that point i'm like you know what basketball sucks (laughs) (laughs) what what is this transferring again why am i doing this and so uh my dad was a was a college football head coach at mid-american nazarene university which is where i finished in olathe kansas so right there in my Mm -hmm, my hometown and um i had a really good relationship with coach rocky lamar and he, when I transferred from Sanford, he called me and I was like, you know, I don't really want to play NAIA basketball yet. Like, let me, let me work, uh, D2 a little bit. And I had division one offers too, when I was leaving Sanford. So I was kind of considering a bunch of other things. And, yeah. um, this time he called me and he was like, dude, just come home. He was like, come home. I know you, you know me. Yeah. Let's make it work. Let's make it work. And I told him straight up, I was like, Coach, I, you know, I, I would love to. And we were called the Pioneers. I was like, Coach, I, I really want to be a Pioneer, but I can't. I can't go to school for free. Or for, I can't go to school. I can only go to school for free. I, I can't. Yeah, you I can't, can't pay for your I, education. I can't pay. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. pay. Like, not not in an arrogant way where I don't want to. Like, But I, I really can't. I literally yeah. can't pay. You know, and uh, I had a bunch of other full ride offers, and he was like, so if I get you the money, you'll come play for me? I was like, yeah, coach. He was like, I'll call you back. He hangs up the phone. I I kid you not, 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, he calls me back. He's like, I got the money. Did he find like a suitcase underneath his bed or something? I think (laughs) my understanding is is there were a couple kids on the team that – because NAI doesn't give out a whole lot of full rides, and so the, the, the scholarships are kind of split up. Yeah. And so my understanding is that <laughs> there are a couple kids on the team, and he was like, "Hey, you're never going to see the court." Hmm. So, oh, wow, they were cut immediately. They, they, they were yeah. cut, yeah. yeah. And so that I could have the money. And so uh, he that, called me back. And he, he really was, wanted you. He then. wanted me. Yeah. He, he he called me back, and he was like, "Hey, I got the money." And I said, "All right, coach, I'm a pioneer." And yeah. like that next week, I drove to Kansas and signed my signed my papers. And for the people that don't understand it, by the way, can you explain what uh, NAI is? Yeah, so so you've got you've got NAI and you have NCAA. Uh, they're, yeah. they're two separate affiliations. Um, I think back home, I mean, for people here that don't know it, they they wouldn't they they would automatically think that NAI basketball is low level, which mm-hmm. to some degree, like let's be honest, to some degree it is. I would compare it to like D two, D three college, right? Yeah, Somewhere yeah, along yeah. Those you, lines. Yeah, you could. Um, it's 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 just small college, but the thing that a lot of people don't understand i don't think is um there's a lot of division one transfers i mean every week i was playing a team that had 
two, three, four. There was one team in my conference that all 13 players on the roster were division one. Like, yeah. like I played against a kid. I say a kid. I played against a guy who he was the starting center at the University of Miami in Florida as a freshman, but he got kicked off the team. Yeah. And then his backup played at Virginia Tech. Oh, well. You know, yeah. and so you have you have high-level players there. Big it's names. Big yeah. names. There's know. one other guy, by the way, in the B-Next that also had um, a uh, – went to one of those colleges. Yeah, it was a gross. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, so, so he actually went to Olivet, which is yeah. – um, that, that, that was my sister school. Like sister school, brother school, you know, we're yeah, b- yeah, both yeah. being yeah. Nazarene schools. And so – um, it's just it's just a bit of a smaller level, just smaller schools. Maybe they don't have the budget, they don't have the facilities, stuff like that. And so, it's a completely different affiliation. There's a bunch of different rules as far as signings, commitments, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, anywhere you go, basketball is basketball. Yeah, and overall, basically, when you play for a good school, you play with good players, you play against good players. So yeah. it's not that different. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it wasn't that different. I mean, th- there were times and there were games where you could see. Um, that oh hey that guy played Division One basketball and I, I'm not talking about myself I'm, I'm talking about guys that I played against you know like that guy was legit yeah. that guy played Division One basketball did and, you play against uh, Gross back then by the way no I did not no I actually never played against Olivet but my assistant coach went to school there ah. and so so that's how I knew Olivet um but uh, no I think I, he's a bit younger I think he is yeah I think he's two he two, two, be. two or he three years younger, younger. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. I'm I'm one of the old guys. Uh, well, I just figured we are the same age. That made me feel, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, like everyone. I turned twenty-seven, and everyone, everyone, like everyone's calling me old on the team. I'm, t- I'm turning twenty-seven in April. Yeah, that's what I I'm feel saying. The, yeah, man. I feel like the same way. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, dude, you're old, and I'm like, I could be your daddy. <laughs> you could be both our dads. Podcast yeah. daddy. Yeah. Podcast daddy. <laughs> they call me old, and I'm like, what are we talking? I'm, dude, I'm twenty-seven. What do you mean yeah. I'm old? Yeah, old and married when old you, and married man. When, yeah. when you have the whole situation and it's, it's logical that you only play uh on at a later age like overseas you know yeah than the other than the other guys do so that's yeah, yeah. it's not that big yeah, it's not that bad and even 27 is just a number it's just a number i'm in my prime man what are we yeah, talking are about in your prime I'm right in my, now. you're in your prime Look, hey, give me, not, yeah. not, not athletically but like <laughs> <laughs> in, in some form or way i'm probably in my prime right we now. will yeah. ask the women in groningen is he in is he in his prime <laughs> that would be a bad shot <laughs> is but... he in his prime? <laughs> okay this is the wrong direction <laughs> oh man i love it but coming out of college uh-huh. I'm going to take this in the basketball direction again, Klaus Jan, if you're okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> but coming out of college, did you um, have many offers overseas or was it something that just came along? Like, because you went to Portugal, right? Yeah, I went to Portugal. So, like I said, my uh, at the end of my junior year, I had agents reaching out to me. And that kind of, like I said, opened a window, showed yeah. me, like, hey, you know, I could do this. And so yeah. I went through the interview process with a bunch of agents. Found, I mean, signed with Players Group. I, my agent, Luca, I'm a huge fan of him. Shout out to Luca. You know, it's, I've, I've had really good experiences so far for the most part. Um, as far as I know, because that was kind of COVID was going on and mm-hmm. it was kind of, it was kind of weird. As COVID far, was starting, yeah. Yeah. So it, as far as I know, I, I didn't have any other offers. So I went to Portugal. How how did COVID? Uh, um, um, what did it for that for you? That's the simple question. What what was the um, 
uh, let's talk. I'm finding not finding the right word for it. Uh, the influence That's of COVID. Um, I mean, as as a first year player overseas, as a rookie, that has never left the country. It was tough. It was really hard. Portugal is another cookie. Yeah. And so, like, my, my, we were engaged at the time. My wife went and played. That's the word I know. Cookie. Yeah. Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> we were engaged at the time. So, my wife went and played professional volleyball in Brno, Czech Republic. And I was in, I was right across the bay from uh, Lisbon in a little town called uh, Bajero. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we had all these plans, like, oh, we're going to meet in Paris for Christmas, all this stuff. And that got shut down quick. So, anyways, back to basketball. Um, it, it it really affected everything. I mean, I I had paperwork that I you couldn't be. It gave me permission to be outside after ten o'clock. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I only got to go to Lisbon once, like because because oh. you, you couldn't travel from the cities. Like you Man, couldn't go such you, a beautiful yeah, city. Yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't you couldn't go city to city. So it, I mean, obviously salaries and everything like yeah. that was all cut pretty low too and so i just took it as an opportunity i was like look i'm, I'm playing in portugal's top league which they have some really really good teams yeah there. porto and sporting porto, and benfica, benfica and and I've, so. be, I've been to porto like last year uh-huh you've been to benfica as well right was it benfica uh benfica it was benfica yeah. and i did not understand how that was top league in portugal and nobody came yeah, yeah. <laughs> it came so, to see them, yeah. So it was super – I mean, that affected it too. I mean, I think my team, you were only allowed like 50 people in the crowd. And even still nobody came because everybody was afraid to go out. Yeah. And but so, still nobody. Yeah, no, but still, still now nobody. I yeah. Mean, I mean, even – like I, I learned the other day that Porto has a Dutch player. That's yeah, uh, Charlon Clove. Yeah. yeah. And I mean – Sure, I'm born, by the way. But great teams, uh. great teams – uh, former NBA players and all kinds of yeah. things like that. Yeah. But no it's crowd. It's not, not a big crowd. I mean, obviously, Portugal, from what I learned being over there, is very uh, football yes. fr- yeah. friendly, you know? And so. Um, but also the Netherlands, it's all uh, soccer. Yeah, but. But w- but there are people in, in the in, venues. In the yeah. I mean, I think it's just a different appreciation for it, is all. You yeah. know, I mean. Especially with those higher level teams, higher level as far as Portugal is concerned with yeah. those with those three teams. But they are all connected to the soccer teams. They're all connected. So the money flow is totally different. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. like I was playing for FC Bahedins and our our soccer team I think was third division. Yeah. In Portugal. And then we go play sporting. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like y'all's budget is insane. Yeah. And just looking at the difference and looking at all their players. and They gave me a tracksuit. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, it exactly. probably was like that, right? And, yeah. it's, and it's not from ticketing. No, no. They, they gave me they gave me a tracksuit, and then I wound up hurting my knee in December. And they basically gave me a month to get healthy, and then we found out it was about a six-month recovery. And so they're like, hey, we got you know, to send you was home. Was that your first bad injury? Uh, or did yeah. you have them before? No, that, that was my first big one. Um, I didn't have surgery or anything like that, you know, thank God. And, um, I didn't, I didn't blow my knee out. Uh, I just had a partially torn tendon, partially torn my quads, but it, it just took a little bit longer than sounds real nasty. Though. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. fun, uh-huh. but, but yeah, it's funny you mentioned the tracksuit because when I went to leave, you know, they come to pick me up 
and they hand me my jerseys and I had a towel and all this stuff. They kind of hand me my, my game stuff and they go, but they're like, we need the tracksuit. We need the tracksuit back for, for our other guy that's coming in. I'm like, you need my tracksuit. I'm like, dude, I want to keep this, man. What are you talking about? And so, and I'm looking at sporting, just walking in with backpacks and tracksuits and shoes and having a nice fancy bus. Just having a nice bus and everything. I'm like, man, there, I'm seeing the difference here. So, so yeah, it, COVID really affected that. And then COVID even affected my next contract too. And so I was supposed to, I was signed with Inner Bratislava in, in Slovakia. Probably closer to where your girlfriend was yeah, but, but this playing is, back this, then? This is the following season. Yeah, so... Or so your wife, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you're yeah. fine. And so my wife, I went home and she finished the season in the Czech Republic. And then I was supposed to go to Slovakia. And two days before I was supposed to get on the plane, I tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I call my agent and I'm like, Hey man, I, I have COVID. I, th- and this is that, this is the time when you can't fly without a, a yeah. negative test, yeah. all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey man, like I'm totally willing to fake it. If that's what I have to do to get out there. Like, <laughs> like, we'll, like, like we'll find a way. Um, the Lord will forgive the me. The Lord will forgive me. But he was like, he was like, no, no, no. Like, let's, um, let me call them. Like, let's yeah, figure yeah. It out. And I kid you not, like 30 minutes later, he was like, Hey man, they they don't want to wait the two weeks, so they're they're going to terminate your contract. And I was like, oh, you know, all right, it is what it is. And so uh, my wife was literally that day about to sign a volleyball contract in Austria, which was about like where she would have been was about two hours away. Yeah. So she said no to that, and um, I had a couple other offers. Um, I don't know exactly the teams. I know I had one in Austria. Um. I had one in Estonia. I think I had Germany Pro A. Um, all good countries. Yeah, all good countries. Um, good leagues as well. Pro yeah. A is fine as well. Yeah, and, and I just I didn't want, I didn't wind up taking them because it was so late. We couldn't find Kelsey a, a place that was close, and, and we really wanted like now we're married. Now we're like yeah. Let's you be, also want to build like a life together. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so um, you missed the coddling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, you gotta have it. You gotta have some. Yes. And so um, we we wound up. Uh, she got a contract offer in Peru, and I was like, you know what? Like, uh, let, let me just let, let me just take the year off. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like like I have these offers, but we want to be together. We're we're newlyweds. Let's just. I'll, I'll take the year off. I'll go to work. You go to Peru because it was a short season for her. It was only like four months. And so wound up working and then what kind of work did you do? Dude, I sold diamonds, man. You sold diamonds? Yeah, I was a jewelry salesman. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so I'm that's a that's that's more of my my dreams after basketball, you know. You uh, want to be a diamond salesman? No, I uh and where where was that? This is in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, you you went back? To Nashville, yeah, I stayed. I stayed in Tennessee while, okay. while she went to Peru because I had like, I, like we were, uh. we were like we were talking about how we wanted to be together, but um, four months is short. So four months was short. Uh, Peru doesn't have basketball. Mm. Nah. It was doable. Four it, months. It was. It was acceptable. Okay, you know, exactly. it's not. It's not yeah. It wasn't ideal, but it was acceptable. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I'll stay home. I'll get a job. I'll make as much money as I can, mm. and we'll see what comes but, next year. But the, the, I have to ask you. When we zoom out and I I take a look at that bumpy ride, mm-hmm. a lot of things happened. Yeah. 
There is no smooth. No, there. no. Getting here, there was nothing smooth. Getting here, all all those situations, what what happened with your parents in your personal life, but also with your wife and the opportunities she she had. Yeah, and COVID and Portugal and yeah, it's it's a crazy story. It's, yeah, you right. realize that I do. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm here, and I'm loving but it. We're not yeah. even at the end of it. No, we're not. You are. Then you went to Luxembourg. I went to Luxembourg. Yeah. yeah. Your wife played volleyball there she as played, well? Yeah, she played volleyball there as well. So she was able to play professional volleyball there. You never heard of Luxembourg before. That's impossible. I'm not going to I've heard of it, but I'm okay. not, not going to lie. I thought, I thought it was a part of Germany. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's I, fair. That's fair. I totally did. And then, but once, once I realized, once I, because I had two offers in Luxembourg. And uh, once I, once I, that's also special. I mean, like there are not that many basketball pro basketball teams in Luxembourg, right? and then two of them think like that Quinn dude that played yeah, here in right? Portugal, right? We got to have some I of that, know, right? <laughs> and so that was um that was a very interesting experience. I mean, that was our first time that Kelsey and I got to be together. Yeah. Uh, from a basketball standpoint, you're only allowed in Luxembourg. It was weird because you could have. You could have like three imports on a team. You could have four if, if you could afford it. I mean, yeah. obviously, y'all are, you know, y'all talk about Luxembourg kind of being like, oh, they have basketball, you know, right? And so, but if you could afford it, you could mm. have three or four. But there was no written rule. It was a gentleman's agreement that only two of them could be on the court at a time. There uh-huh. was a rule in the Dutch league uh, for some time before it was B next that you could only have um, or you could only play a game if. At all time, you would have one homegrown player on the floor. See, I don't mind that. I think that's... We lost the game because the coach back then wasn't aware of that rule <laughs> and put in four Ameri- five imports, five American players oh. all at the same time. Oh, man. <laughs> so then nobody noticed it until after the game. And then we they lost by 20 to 0. I mean, we lost a game in Luxembourg like that in the, in the playoffs. And really? So, yeah, well, I say the playoffs. It was the relegation games. Yeah. You know, we weren't very good, but... Um, we were, it was a, it was literally between the two teams is between the other team that offered me and obviously my team. And we, we went into overtime and their coach was like, no, like it, both of us for both teams is whoever wins is staying in the top division. And they were like, yeah, we're playing all of our guys. Yeah. And so they put their three Americans in and you know, it, we lost. And so, <laughs> but Luxembourg, I think that's the most boring country there is on this planet. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily yeah, agree. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, when you like to go fishing or I like hiking. take a walk, hiking. I like, yeah, I like to go fishing. But it's I, good for I, hiking, I, I didn't though. go fishing when I was there, but I like to fish. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from with that. But <laughs> at, at the I've same, been to Luxembourg city because that's the capital. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after two hours, I thought, what am I doing but here? It also doesn't sound like a, or what I've seen of it, it doesn't look to me as a place that where you would like no. it, Clashion. No. I mean, I thought, I'm the, more of a... You're more of a big city guy. You need like a, a couple of decent sports bars and all, and uh, that's not Luxembourg yeah, for you. Yeah. I, I need Baltimore. Yeah, <laughs> I need Baltimore. That's where, that's where we're a little different. I'm, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of small town, you know? Yeah, so yeah, so I, yeah. I didn't mind it, and... Uh, I thought it was really cool, you know, getting to walk around there and, and it was a big city, but at the same time, not a big city, you know, like it was, it was their big city. Yeah. Um, 
And so I, I thought it was I thought it was a cool experience getting to see see everything, go to the museums. Like like I, like I said, I love history, getting to learn yeah, new stuff. And but it's a it's a clean. Oh, it's super right? it's super it's, clean. Yeah, it's I mean like it's beautiful when you kind of go up north and you got those you kind of get into the mountains a little yeah. bit and everything. Like so it was, and I was right on the French border, and so like I, I really enjoyed it from a basketball standpoint. It was interesting. Yeah, you know, um, I mean. Still, game, games are close for the most part because it's still it's it's locals and then the two pros playing against each other and uh, there's a couple guys that I played against in that league that are now playing in the G League, you know. There's a couple guys that came from the BNX League, um, and so they they had high talent, but it was more of a I would call it a scores league, yeah, for the the pros that for the that's Americans. what you get as well when you have like when you have the locals who probably aren't that good and then you put in a couple of really good imports mm-hmm. then all of a sudden when people start switching on defense you get all kinds yeah, of mismatches and so, so it was yeah. it was interesting for sure because we, we had a couple guys that on my team that I felt like were solid solid but we had some injuries like we had a, we had a guy that plays for the Luxembourg 3 on 3 team and uh, we had one guy that I felt like was a really good passer and we had another guy that was all energy and so I felt like we had the pieces but also like man you talk about a bumpy road I had three coaches last year Three. Three. That's too, too many, I would yeah, say. Yeah. 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 And I went through, I was the only American that stayed the whole year. There were, I had, I had four different American teammates. So it was just sloppy. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and you so. You can't really create a solid base no, from there. On. There's no yeah. chemistry with different coaches and different players coming in and out. And so, um, that it was at that point, like talking to my agent and everything, it was just go here get your stats yeah like you took a year off just just show you can play yeah, just yeah. show that you're you're still good you can still dunk you can still fly you had 16.8 points and 11 something rebounds yeah that season and, so you showed something yeah and yeah. I, I was really i was really pissed too because i was averaging like 20 or 22 but the last like nine games 10 games i'd score single digits because I, I wouldn't get the ball like i was just i was yeah. mad so so I, I should have been averaging more, but yeah. I was like, ah, that yeah. was that that was hot. I'm still hot about that. So I was I was not very happy, but hey, you know, I'm, it got me here, yeah. and I'm, I'm where I need to be. Well, so. we're we're almost one hour uh, underway, <laughs> so I'm glad we are now in Groningen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 talked about a lot, yeah. but we took we took a wild journey with the code here. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but but very fascinating. Um, how did you uh, got in contact with Dona Groningen? Well, Be- because we all know the situation here in Groningen was also bumpy mm-hmm. because yeah. of the whole uh, thing that happened to us financially. Yeah, well, interesting enough, I went the whole summer with without really hearing anything from anybody, uh, and I was I was a little concerned, almost like. Talking to my agent, like like I said, I love my agent. I trust him. He's going to put me in the situation I need to be in. Mm. And that's – I don't doubt that. Um, but I, I was like, what is going on? I'm not hearing anything. Like, <laughs> I need a contract somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And, and really I was getting to the point where I was like, is, is Luxembourg basketball really that frowned upon? Like I didn't know. Yeah, you know, but like like me and my agent agreed on just go get your stats. You know, yeah. well, it's a bit frowned upon, but if you have really high yeah. stats, then somebody yeah. will. Yeah, so yeah. so it'll it'll be you know get get your stats and everything will take care of itself. And so, and I felt really bad too because Kelsey, uh, she had an offer in in Germany to go play volleyball. She had an offer in Sweden to go play volleyball, and 
we had agreed that we wanted to be together. And so she turned him down. And now, mm. now we're just sitting there waiting. Like, where are we going to go? Were you already calling the guy uh, in, in Nashville, Tennessee again, if you could sell some diamonds? Yeah, I mean, I was getting close. Like, yeah. like I really was. It was getting to the point where I'm like, I got to make a decision. And so I was actually at my mom's house. And my agent reached out and said that you have a team. And I'll, I'll, I called it Gronigan because I wasn't sure how to say it. Gronigan. Yeah. Um, and so they were like, the coach wants to talk to you. So on, Coach Andre called me. Felt like I, I had a great conversation with him, and which obviously I did. I'm here. And, it, has and, to, uh, it had to be a long conversation. <laughs> it, it, uh, it, was maybe, it was maybe 30 minutes, yeah. Oh, wow. For Andre, that's uh, maybe maybe give or take, but <laughs> yeah. but it was it was a good conversation, and I, mm. I felt really good about one once I got off the phone, and then uh, the next day Drago called me, and at that point, you know, I got the contract offer, and I'm like, all right, like let's do this, let's do it, it's now or never, and so uh, they sent me this cool little video about the city and about the team, and that's good, and I was sold. Like, I saw the crowd, I saw Martini Plaza. I saw the I saw the city. I was like, "All right, this looks like heaven." I'm like, "This looks like an awesome place." Like <laughs> we right. call it heaven. Yeah, I mean, like, but really, it <laughs> no, is. I mean, yeah. from 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 this, yeah, from places we know it is, and especially, yeah. but especially if you've like played for a small team in Portugal, you played in Luxembourg, exactly, all that kind of stuff. Then I can imagine how, what the video looked like. With yeah, I mean, it, it just looked like I'm like, that's basketball. Yeah. I'm like this, like now I'm a professional basketball player. Like, yeah, I was getting paid to play in these other countries, but this is different now. Now I'm a pro. Yeah, like that yeah. was everything I was looking for. And so, I mean, it's been. But but I think when you uh, came to Groningen, and uh, maybe you uh, heard a bit about the situation we went through during mm-hmm. the summer, uh, you also realized, oh wow, there is another. Uh, there was another uh, thing that happened here, and or, or or did that did that not meant anything to you? No, it, to be honest, it really didn't mean a whole mm. lot. Um, I was happy that I had the offer. I was happy that not only did I have a good offer, but I had a I had an offer from a team that is respected. Yeah, I had a team from, or I had an offer from a team that has an awesome fan base. You know, I, I had like to me, it seemed like I had everything going for me. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm like. Did you can can you tell us uh, about the first time that you came into Groningen that you saw the city the people the the atmosphere how how did that uh, I, I mean I thought it was really cool it was raining the day I got here and of course so uh, naturally yeah. naturally we don't have a climate we only have weather yeah so so <laughs> it was raining when that's I got that's my here. line that's your line yeah but <laughs> it, I stole it and so it was it was you know it was cloudy and overcast and so I didn't I really didn't get to and I was, I was tired. I was jet lagged. Yeah. So, so I, when I got here, I went straight to Martini Plaza and they showed me the locker room. They showed me the gym. And like I said, even from the video, I was like, this is where I get to play basketball. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, dude, this is so, this is awesome. I'm like, and, and how many people? So it felt good from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. I'm like, how many, how many people do you have coming to a game? They're like, oh, we average like 2,500, 2,700, whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll go over 3,000 pretty consistently. And I'm like, what? I'm like you do, you know, like this is awesome. And so and you guys want me? I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm like, oh my goodness. And you did not experience the playoff uh, no. atmosphere yet. No, so. no, and, but so, so I mean, I loved it. And then, and then once I got to buy them, uh, you know, especially once Kelsey got here, she's very active and likes going walks and everything. And 
we went behind our little house and there's cows and fields and sheep. And You're right at the edge of the city. I'm right yeah. at the edge. I'm like, this is, there's windmills everywhere. I'm like, this is gorgeous. I'm like, oh. I'm like this is, I'm like, this is where I want to be. I mean, it's been, it's been an awesome experience. I mean, mm, everything, yeah. everything about it from the second I got here, I mean, we, we've, as a team. And the best podcast. Yeah, are you kidding me? This is sick. The only, but the only thing that's missing is a volleyball club for your wife because she plays volleyball, but not yeah, professionally Yeah, right she's now, not right? playing professionally. She's playing for the university, uh, for Veracles. Yeah, Veracles, yeah. yeah. And so, um, shout out to Veracles. Yeah, it's a, it's oh, a decent level, though. Oh, decent yeah, level she, she loves it. So that, that, that was really, that's the biggest thing, but she's still getting to play. She's happy. You know, and and for me, that's huge. I don't yeah. I don't have to worry about her not being. Yeah, you know. female vol- female volleyball is big in the Netherlands. So, th- yeah, but maybe. how nice Dakota that your dad is coming over and you can show man him him all show him. of this. That I, I, I made it. How, <laughs> yeah, how amazing! How, what an amazing day that will be. Yeah, I, I really can't wait. I mean, yeah, he they they came to Luxembourg last year, um, which was cool. But I mean, this is this is going to be a different experience. I mean, he's coming to a home game against Feyenoord. I mean, finally a home game. Finally a home game. <laughs> he's coming to a home game, which I've told everybody: like, if you're coming to visit, make it a home. You game. make sure it's a home game because yeah. this is this atmosphere is awesome. Yeah. And so I'll get to show him around, and and then I think we have the FIBA break right after that, and so we're talking about potentially traveling, like spending a few days here, and then traveling a little bit. And but I mean, I, I can't wait. I mean to get to show him like hey this is my life yeah you know this is what i get to do and this is where i live and like man hey i'm doing it you know like like i and 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 you're and you are living the moment and that and i understand that did this is a difficult question uh because you want to be in the moment but Mm -hmm. how do you see your future and how do you think about well how long do you want to stay here here in in Kroningen, yeah. it's always difficult. Well, I, know, a professional I know that's a yeah. difficult question, but no, what, is, what, is the, what is the feeling right now? It's, I mean, obviously, it's a difficult question. I, I'll, I'll say it depends it. on some. Also, it depends on things you ha- don't, don't have, have control, control over. over. Right, so right. I know. I, I've, I kind of tell everyone the same thing. If with my with Kelsey being happy here, with me being happy here, this is a place that I can see myself. Yeah. For sure, hundred percent. Now, being a professional basketball player and knowing that there's other leagues in other countries, I will always weigh my options. I will always see what else is out there. Just, I'm, I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket because my road has been bumpy. And you never know and, what and happens. I never yeah. know. That's fair. But, but the 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 factor of me being me being happy, Kelsey being happy. I I I would 100% come back here. Mm. I have no problem saying that. I I definitely would. If if everything worked out, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no problem. Yeah. What do you want, Unique? Oh, I would. Uh, especially if a player <laughs> wants to play for Donar, I would always sign him up immediately. But Dakota has shown this season that he's a good basketball player. Yeah. I mean, like I can tell you that when you came to Donar, people were like. All right, he played for a lower Portuguese team, and he played in Luxembourg. Let's let's first see, you know. Yeah, let's right. first see who is this guy. Who is this guy? <laughs> and especially with also another center coming in from Duke, people. Yeah. Some people were like myself, a little bit included. Like, all right, 
let's let's first see, you know, let's see. Yeah. But especially the games where you started, you made a more than decent impression. I mean, you, there was a game where you got 15 boards. Yeah. That's not something that just happens, you know? Yeah. That yeah. you have to be a good basketball player in this league to have just one game where yeah. you have 15 hey, boards. So that's... Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah I mean, no like, problem. I, I I love it here. I mean, I love the fans and uh, I, I love getting to see the kids and, and sign autographs and everything. Like, like yeah. especially being. You made sure to have a reverse dunk that game as well. Oh, so. I had to. Yeah. I had to do something. Like, I I had to. It was too open. I got to do something cool. Yeah. But it was, it's something that, you know, for me, and if I'm going over time, please feel free to cut me off. Like, I'm just. Nah, know, nah, nah. I'm talking. I'm just here having a good time. Two last questions. Yeah. First question, uh, where will the season end for Donar? Yeah. Where, um, for this team. I fully see us. Our goal is definitely gold bracket. I fully see that happening. I think that's something that's still very realistic. I try not to, to focus too much on standings and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like I'm, I'm here to play basketball. I'm, I'm here to win games. You yeah. know? and, um, but but what, what, what do you feel? What is the sense within this team I do think, you think that that is there a lot of potential left i think i think this team because we have so many different pieces we're still figuring it out but i can fully say we are figuring it out like in practice i mean we are going at each other i think we're finally at a at a point in practice where we're we're we're, we're talking i mean like like dogging each other like competing I mean, we're doing everything we're supposed to, in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're doing everything that you're, you're wanting to see now. And yeah. so uh, it's taken us some time to get there. There's always a learning curve. I mean, we're still learning stuff about how to play with each other, but we're we're getting to that point where I think we're going to be very dangerous. You know, my, my dad, as, as a coach, always said, it's not – if you're hot in the end, that's all that matters. Yeah. And I, I truly think we're heating up. Yeah, it was almost um, – we came into the season knowing that the first game was going to be a home game against Dan Bosch, which is the, one of the big rivals, of mm-hmm. course. Um, and it's almost uh, you guys winning that game and the way yeah. in which you did it yeah. almost set the bar a little bit too high for a group of guys that didn't really know each other and right. just came out there with big energy, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's what, what made the bar maybe a little bit too high, and now you're getting close to that bar. Yeah, I, I mean, like. yeah, I think we're I think we're very close. Um, did that win maybe put the bar a little high? Uh, yeah, I can I can see that from a fan standpoint, but for us, I mean, that was just another game. Yeah, you know, like and you guys coming ju- just now coming to the Netherlands. You know, Kjeld would have told you, Jordi would have told you, mm-hmm. Sander would have told you, but. You guys don't know, obviously. So you're just playing against a team right. with red shirts. You know, I got to pass the ball to yeah. a guy in a white shirt. That, that's yeah, all. We're just, you know? Like we're just out there hooping. Yeah. And so, and please do pass the ball to someone in, <laughs> in a white, white shirt. shirt. Oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll make sure to do that. That's, I can. I can do that. If I can't do that, get me out. I'm, I'm not doing. I'm not doing my job. <laughs> Last question. Yeah. Who will win the Super Bowl? Oh man. All right. Well, biased. Biased opinion. Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, realistically, and now, the, now, now the real one. <laughs> yeah, re- realistically, we we talked about it uh, before the podcast. I think, I think realistically, it's it's Baltimore. Yeah, it is. I think I think Baltimore. I think Baltimore can win it. I, I think I think this. You, you I think, can't make him more happy than no, say positive I know, things I know. about I think, Baltimore. I think I think the Super Bowl matchup is Baltimore versus uh, San Francisco. Um, yeah, 
I also think it, so. it's gonna it, it's gonna depend on. I mean, those are two great defenses going up against each other. I, I can talk about this all day, but I think I think Baltimore. We are going to talk about. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Very shortly, we are going to. Yeah. Um, but I think I think Baltimore can can and probably will do it. I mean. Oh, it breaks Marcus Addison's heart if he hears that. <sighs> Sorry, Marcus. Uh, do, you know mean, that, do you know that he wears Kansas City Chiefs underwear? Of on course. Game days? Of course he does. Well, yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I have a hoodie from when we won our first sweatshirt that I wear for every game. Like, really? Come on, man. When, my, when I was younger, I used to put my dad's Chiefs helmet on for games. Like, I'm, dude, I'm diehard, man. So it breaks my heart saying that Kansas <laughs> City has it, probably won't win it. Like, I want us to, but... We got some things we got to settle. I cannot wait to meet your dad. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a great conversation. That's gonna be good. So, well, we'll, we'll get out of the way of that as well. You know, let let them just the two. Of oh them. no! <laughs> after after the game, after we get a get a good win, and we're all upstairs hanging out, come talk. Um, yeah, okay. uh, Dakota, thank you. We cannot thank you enough for oh, this no. uh, for your openness, for your kindness, and uh, for your message. To all the donor uh, fans and everybody else that is listening to this yeah. uh, podcast, because it's in English, so yeah. we can spread it all over the Put world. Put it everywhere. <laughs> Put it everywhere. Um, uh, uh, on behalf of Yannick and of course yeah. Bas, uh, our third host, but he is not there here at the, this evening. Some people got to work as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, because because I was ill yeah. earlier in the week so we had to reschedule and but that's not important right now uh good luck with the team with the season uh all the best for you and your wife of course yeah, thank you and um well we are uh eager eager to see where the season is going yeah me too We're are gonna- you gonna do the outro in dutch uh no we, we're gonna do it in english we oh, got yeah. it not not our normal do you want <laughs> the normal oh, you outro? go really fast usually uh, so. that, then i have to look it up <laughs> <laughs> one moment but then also class jan speed so not regular speed but class jan speed where is it i don't know uh, it's your laptop okay Je kan ons volgen op Twitter, Bas via Dota 2023, Jannik Masson, dubbel N, dubbel S, en mij via Klaasje Gun, dubbel A, dubbel S, dubbel N. Je kan ons volgen op Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast en abonneer je ook, zodat je geen aflevering van deze nu al legendarische podcast mist. Wil je ons steunen? Dat kan via dodapodcast.nl. En wil je meer weten over podcast of advies? Kijk dan even op kvmmedia.nl. En volgende week, ja, dan zijn we er niet, want er is geen wedstrijd. Nee. Maar na Zwolle uit, dan zijn we er weer met een reguliere podcast, gewoon op de maandagnacht, die op dinsdag online komt. En uh, tot dan en tot donar! donar.